Hello. Oh, hello. How are you? What? Hold on. I'm Emma. <laughs> hold on. Hold, hold up. Hold. I see what you were Shut doing up there. there. Shut up for a second. I'm going to introduce myself. I'm Emma. <laughs> I'm Cass. And this is Honey Do Me Podcast, mm-hmm. uh, where we talk about sex. We talk about sex in all forms and shapes and colors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't know what that means. <laughs> and, you know, whatever you want it to mean. But we also talk about confidence. We talk about mm-hmm. relationships. Um, and this month we talk about kink. Um, mm-hmm. So how are you? Because I'm not great physically or mentally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel a little mean if I start with how I, well, is it meaner to start with good stuff and then <laughs> let you go into your bad stuff? Or should I bookend your bad with my good? You know what? Dealer's <laughs> choice. <laughs> Um, let's hear from you first. <laughs> I'll bookend it. All right. Um, I'm severely constipated right now, um, <laughs> which was fun to hear from a doctor. Um, <laughs> that I, you had to seek medical help that I had your to constipation. Seek well, I almost sought emergency medical care um, mm. because I was having such so terrible, sad. terrible tummy pain. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just really scared and sweaty. And <laughs> I didn't know constipation does on. make you sweaty. It was, yeah. um, yeah, but I told Emma that today and I really, this is what you need to look for in a best friend. She rebranded constipation for me and told As me that do. it's real hot girl behavior. It is. It really is. It's camp. Thank it's you. It's serving. It's giving cunt. <laughs> like, it's serving. Come on. It's not serving poop, but it is serving cunt. <laughs> so... Snaps for you. <laughs> Snaps for me. <laughs> All hot girls have tummy issues and are a little bit constipated. Mm. It's just what it is. Although I will say, I don't know um, if you're in need of a new probiotic, but I take one now for digestion mm. and every day it helps my tum tum. I eat a little bit more cheese than I would have been <laughs> able to before. I dabble in a little more dairy. <laughs> Yeah, you do. I dabble in a little bit more dairy. That actually isn't my good update, though. Oh. And I don't really have one um, because you asked how I was doing. Oh. And I'm just doing fine. Yeah. (laughs) I'm doing okay. I have on the shirt Cass gave me Mm -hmm. uh, eons ago. Well, actually, not that long ago. ago. But I I wore it for the first time when I was 12. And then you found a replica and mm-hmm. gave it to me. And I, it has been my most prized possession. New with tags, might I add. New with uh, tags. Early 2000s no. Aeropostale relic. Aeropostale. <laughs> so I am thriving in that right now. Um, and what else? What else? Uh, yeah, that's about it. Those are my good days. Yeah. I got a small haircut today. <laughs> so... Doing great. The updates are just rolling in. They're really rolling in. But you know what? It's not really why you're here. Why you're here is because we're in kink month. Yes. And this week we have a very riveting, exciting, thrilling topic of bondage and rope play with the most elegant, most Ah. wonderful Midori. 
So good. Midori is an author, educator, sexologist, coach. Um, she is all the things and knows how to bring bondage and restraints into the bedroom. Oh my Most God, important. does she? Like, and not mm-hmm. just in the ways you'd expect. She really opened up the box, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, just there's yeah. so many fun tips in this episode. This is such an actionable episode. And I just love those. I just love mm-hmm. them. I know. And we've talked about restraints and rope play before, but like, I shit you not when these are examples and things to bring into the room that we have never heard before. Mm-hmm. Ever. There are pauses in this episode where Cass and I had to pick our jaw back up off the floor, put it on our face, and then continue talking yeah. because it was just so cool. So damn cool. You're so mm-hmm. welcome for this in advance. And we'll just have to see you on the other side of all the amazingness that is Midori. I wish I had a lasso. Yep. <laughs> all right. Bye. All right. Bye. So we have long been interested in bondage and restraints. Um, And so that's what we want to talk to you about today. So I would love to start off with just getting an understanding of why being bound or restrained is erotic. Like, why is that something that can turn us on? Okay, so I'd like to introduce my definition of BDSM first, and we can go from there. I I don't want to just like break out the words as to what most people do, but my definition of BDSM is childhood joyous play with adult privilege and cool toys. So it's cops and robbers with fucking. And (laughs) fucking part can be optional. (laughs) I love that definition. So when we go from there, why is it that people like being bound or binding somebody else? There's like the naughty role-playing aspect of it. And then there's also... Of course, it's going to vary from person to person, but for some people, feeling restrained feels like a giant, firm hug. So there's a sense of, you know how some people like weighted blankets? Mm-hmm. So that sense of physical assurance, there's that. For some, there's also the transgressiveness, because doing something naughty. Sometimes a good bondage scene might hold the body in place while one has a body racking orgasm. And, you know, one of the kind of body racking orgasm that if, if uh, say I would like completely flailing into like orgasmic body spasm, I could knock the lamp out and accidentally like, you know, punch my partner because my body's having an orgasm spasm. I'd like one of those. <laughs> hmm. And a lot of people, when they have a potential orgasmic potential like that, oftentimes will end up holding back because, again, don't want to knock the lamp off, right? But if one is restrained, it gives that something to like struggle against without causing furniture harm. <laughs> Fair enough. You spend a lot on our lamps, so I get it. Mm-hmm. So it can be very individual and... Mm-hmm. Is there anything we can knowingly or not um, work through with bondage? I'm thinking like loss of control, loss of power. Is there a way we can bring it into the bedroom and use it to work through things that are kind of giving us a stuck feeling in our life? Work through thing. I hesitate with 
with that because I don't want people to think of fun, good old clean, dirty fun as <laughs> being somehow therapeutic because I think that starts stepping into the realm of, well, you have to have a reason to have fun. Fun is. And also, if we start thinking of, well, we're doing this because it's good for me, it kind of takes the edge of spontaneity and the sense of play away. We don't always have to have a curative reason to enjoy something. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to say, eat a, uh, uh, when eating a piece of watermelon, I love watermelon, <laughs> saying that, well, I'm eating this because it's good for hydration and it's healthy eating. As opposed to, I like watermelon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also find that when people are looking at kink from a, oh, I need to justify this in one way or another, that's also kind of a, a internalized hidden sex negativity. Mm. When you think about it, it can just be fun. Because in our adulthood, we misplay. So I guess if there's anything that's going to be uh, good for us, it's the returning the sense of play. Because adulting is hella boring. (laughs) Uh Just so boring. And to return the sense of play. And also if we we just focus on the joy of play, we're not going to put additional pressure on ourselves. Like this is supposed to be good for me. Mm-hmm. Now, part of the thing that can be fun might be not having to be in charge or loss of control. It might also be about having uh, on the side of tying somebody of playing the the agreed upon villain, the little sexy villainy and a perfectly nice, fair, lovely human being can also end up playing a role-playing a villain and letting a little of the shadow side out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that definition. I think it's great to remind ourselves of play in the bedroom because I am task-oriented when it comes to enjoying myself. And if it's not productive, if I'm not using it to better my life, <laughs> I do have a hard time just accepting the joy out of it as well. Puts a lot of extra pressure that you, you know, the world already has pressure on you. So why add more? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not wrong. Emma and I have talked about this in relation to like masturbating because we learned about like using masturbation for manifestation. And then like, then our masturbation became like another task and I had to use it to do something. And then I've done the same thing with like reading for a really long time. I would only read self-help books because it's like, well, if I'm going to use this time, I better be improving whatever aspect of my life, just like you were saying, Emma. Mm -hmm. Um, But once I started to read more novels that also great for me, but besides the point, like that was just, it's just fun and it just Mm -hmm. feels good. And now I actually like reading again. Yay. It's the nature <laughs> of creativity when we, we try to guardrail it too much mm-hmm. that it, it actually stifles us. Play is, is in itself a human prerogative that we forget. Mm-hmm. So as a way to, I guess, be inclusive to people who are so ready for play, but once they start engaging in bondage and restraint, 
they do start to feel a little anxious about the loss of control, what Mm -hmm. would that advice be? Start simple. And here's a really, really simple bit of uh, bondage play. Okay, so let's say, for example, uh, now bondage can be done with a lot of different things. Um, uh, there's a lot of things in the kitchen, like saran wrap or plastic wrap. That's great for simple bondage. Like I no love knots saran needed. wrap. Oh, that's a really cool right? idea. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no knots needed, and then you know, safety shears, like first aid shears, are whoosh, it's off. And what's also yeah. fun about like uh, plastic wrap bondage is let's say like around the hip and you can have the vibrator like held with the plastic wrap. That's so fun. Like a dirty adult. Well, right? dirty adult diaper is still not a sexy way to put it, but you get what I'm saying. No, no, no. no. Not um, the sexiest way to put or, it. Or like, okay. So like uh, plastic wrap around one's chest. And then putting in between the layers of the plastic wrap, an ice cube. So it's not directly on the skin, but it's slowly melting and you kind of feel that like creeping water and the cool. So it's not like ice burn, but ah. (laughs) This is incredible. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Can you give us more? And so let's... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So you've got that, that plastic wrap, right? And you can do like, it comes in a lot of different colors. So you can be all like Martha Stewart home decor color wrapping. Uh-huh. And let's see, there's the ice cube. And let's say that on the ice cube and on top of the, the plastic wrap and like the trapped ice cube. And then you can drip hot wax, not beeswax. That's a little too t- hot. Like the... Um, uh, the bodega candles, the paraffin candles, mm-hmm. and like drip that on. You get this like weird th- sense of like, it's cold, it's warm. Oh my God. And in the meantime, uh, down in betwixt thy thighs, as Shakespeare would say, <laughs> the vibrators trapped with the uh, plastic wrap and going zzz. And when you want to get to the fun bits, then you can just uh, cut a little away from the plastic wrap and ooh, you can get to the parts you want. That is so creative. Like I, plastic wrap has never even been in my head as like an option for bondage. I feel like I have such a limited view of what it is. What other things can we use for bondage that we're probably not thinking about? Okay. So, oh, and the kitchen plastic wrap is different than if you go to like the large Home Depot kind of place and and you get the pallet wrap on a handle that spins. Yeah. So much easier. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. So there's that. And of course, scarves. Scarves are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and scarf, you can be, you know, I'm from San Francisco. We always have scarves because as soon as Carl the Fog comes in, we need our <laughs> scarves. But scarves, along with like wrapped around your, your head or like around your neck, a uh, little accessory on your purse, instantly bondage. Dirty, dirty toy you carry around all day. Right. And then, um, of course, TSA will never notice that it's not (laughs) just a fashion accessory. Very true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you were talking about somebody who might be anxious, right? Oh, yeah, that question. (laughs) uh, Let's say you, 
you want to maybe try a little rope bondage, which is like lately kind of popular, but there's a lot of other ways to do easy bondage too. But let's say somebody's like, oh, I want to try rope bondage and I'm a little bit nervous about it. So if I were the person topping, I'm like, okay, you're nervous about rope bondage. I get it. And let's say we're lovers already, right? I would hand you the rope to hold on to, like maybe hold on over your head or just hold on to in a, uh, and then hold on to this. And when you let go, everything stops. So while you're holding on to the rope, so in a sense, I'm using the rope to limit and control one's mobility. And that's essentially bondage. It doesn't have to be like, I'm immobile. I made you immobile. No, no. It just means that I have limited your mobility and focused your mind on the now. Mm -hmm. So that way, if you're holding the rope and uh, let's say I'm going down on you and using the vibrator and doing all your favorite things, and then uh, you end up drop the rope for intentionally or unintentionally, oop, I stop. So now the end of the experience is in the hand of the partner. Mm -hmm. And then there's a tactile familiarity that one gets with the rope. But it can also be the saran wrap roll, the plastic wrap roll. It could be the scarf. And something as simple as bondage could just be a blindfold. One might not think of a blindfold as restraint, but it is restraining one's vision. Yeah. Oh, wow. And heightens the senses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So start small, start simple. I really appreciate the way you described bondage too. It's um, not necessarily having to relate to being held back physically, it can be you are restrained in this mental state that we're like keeping ourselves in, which can is mm -hmm. extremely hard. So that is a challenge in and of itself to just be like fully present and restrained to what's happening. That if that is a challenge, adding like ties might be too much and might push you over the edge. So just being able to hold one physical object and be like, we're present, we're doing this and you're restrained. And of course, it's it's a mind game if in I was talking about that body racking orgasm kind of thing, mm -hmm. that if that's going to cause you to let go of the rope, well, then, you know, I'm going to end up stopping and oh, you'll be very sad. <laughs> that would be really sad. That's very <laughs> so true. You hold on to it really intentionally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so do you recommend beginners try and just kind of find stuff around the house rather than going out and purchasing like handcuffs or um, like restraints that you would attach to the bed or are those things that we should be starting out with? Mother's Day is around the corner and whether you're celebrating your mama, grandma, guardian, or yourself, celebrate with the mother of all self-care routines by trying out Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. This duo delivers a one-two punch in luxurious body care moisturizers with their Anduria Algae Body Oil and Anduria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature all-natural citrusy scent. 
I use both the body lotion and the Anduria Algae Body Oil once I get out of the shower, and I use it literally everywhere. This duo is my go-to for feeling glowy and hydrated for literal days, and the Osea Signature Scent is one of my faves because it's not overwhelming, um, but it's like a delicious and fresh smell that just lasts. Since 1996, Osea has been making seaweed-infused skincare that is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code DOOMY at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to O-S-E-A malibu.com and use code d-e-w-m-e for 10 percent off well that depends um when i started when i was but a little kinkling and i was (laughs) you know experimenting with things um i i was in college i had no money so it was like i got some cheesy rope and it was tied to the the cinder blocks on underneath the board that the futon was on okay uh-huh. there you go <laughs> total like you know college dorm thing i didn't have any money so um i don't want to tell people to you know go spend all this money there's there's pervy fun to be had at all budget level right on the other hand for some people the aesthetics as well as buying new toys is part of the pleasure mm-hmm. so there's something for everyone now, though, you did mention handcuffs, and I'm going to have to wag my finger at you for that one. Because okay. metal handcuffs are actually really not a good idea. It's a nice visual cue, right? It's a good visual cue. But it's hard on even like the, the, the strongest, most muscular person. The wrists are delicate. And it can cut in. It can also pinch. And, oh, my God, if you lose the keys... Mm-hmm. But mostly it's just like really bad on the, the skin, the bones, the, the, the nerves. So not so much on that. Um, okay. It's a nice accessory, makes for like a goth, kink, punk, belt kind of number. It's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but instead I might, if you're going to go buy the toys, okay. Uh, there are, for those of you who don't want to use animal products, there's plenty of non-animal product restraints that are like Velcro. Velcro things are quite convenient. Mm-hmm. Okay? And there are even really well-made leather ones that have a little um, Velcro part that keeps it from sliding. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that if you're going for like leather items, that it's well-made so like rough edges aren't chafing on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have, so you can go totally DIY and what I call pervertibles, things around the house. Or you can go um, uh, luxury and <laughs> go for custom made, padded, beautiful, like kid skin leather restraint. Uh, you can go super luxury. And you know those like designers like um, Hermes, uh, Hermes mm-hmm. and Gucci, Coach, etc. But particular Hermes have uh, beautiful bracelets and dog collar bracelets that are well bondage wrist cuffs. No way! 
way to live. Oh my gosh. And oh, also for um, uh, the, I think it's the Hermes cat collar or was it coach? They have a, they have a cat collar, right? Actual feline collar works great as a cock ring. (laughs) (laughs) That was not what I expected you to say. And I love that you said it. Um, (laughs) Add that to your Christmas list. (laughs) Yeah. And it even has a little emergency release. So whether it is that you grew your Audi or you bought your Audi, it's great. And not to mention, talk about luxury, you know, you can have it on as a bracelet. And then it's like flagging to your sweetie going, "Mm, this is going on you later. And you could be at your family holiday uh, dinner or Thanksgiving or whatever. And no one, Aunt Mabel will have no idea unless Aunt Mabel's also into that. You never know. She's going to be like, I didn't know you had a cat. (laughs) I don't. Oh, it's just a brand. It's just a fashion thing. Oh. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Talk about luxury. <laughs> that is a new dream I've aspired to, is to have Hermes and Coach uh, kink products. <laughs> Pervertibles. Hermes actually has proper crops, really well-made ones. Wow. Well, they originally started as saddle makers. Right. Oh. Yeah. So they're ready. (laughs) Things to to whack on non-consenting quadrupeds. Instead, you can whack on consenting bipeds. Absolutely. That's That's something to live by. (laughs) Yeah. That's a message to live by. I really, um, I love that you brought up the wagging the finger to handcuffs because that's a great point to make. And I think that's usually, that was my first toy when I wanted to dabble in restraints. I think that's a lot of people, they gravitate towards one thing that they know, which is handcuffs. You've seen it everywhere. Police what grade. Else, <laughs> police grade handcuffs. <laughs> what else are some kind of disclaimers or good things to know if you're going to head into a bondage lifestyle <laughs> experience? Uh, what should we know? Well, it doesn't even have to be a lifestyle. It just can be part of your erotic repertoire. I want to make sure that folks understand that if you're having kinky fun, that doesn't have to be your entire sexual expression. Just think of it like just a huge amount of ice cream flavors, right? And vanilla is also a a fantastic, beautiful flavor. So if you Okay. So you know how people say about like the pot to heroin theory of like going, you know, everything taking over. No, no, no. If you end up um, jumping in the deep end or putting dipping a toe into kinky adventures, it doesn't have to be all of your sexual expression. So that's one thing. Mm -hmm. Next thing is all parties participating. And I say all because uh, bondage fun could be solo, pair, or more than pair for those of you who have very close friends. Um, Yeah. And all parties have the right to their full agency, even as we're exploring temporarily letting go of control for the sake of fun. So the person receiving the bondage needs to really understand that they get to, to have a safe word or agency Likewise, the person doing the restraining 
also gets to say, hey, I'm kind of, this is like over my head. I'm not feeling good. I need to stop this. I know you're enjoying this, honey, getting tied up, but I'm getting a little wigged out. That's great. Or I'm getting a little tired or I didn't sleep enough last night and I'm kind of starting to get a little fuzzy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A little fuzzy. So all parties get to say, um, get to say, yeah, I need this different. Mm -hmm. I tend to want the out as someone who's in control. If I, if that ever happens, I'm usually a bottom, so I'm not. But <laughs> if I am, I love having an out because I'm like this is fun, but I'm tired and I want to switch back now. So I think highlighting that as a point in which like we always have an out. Everyone has a chance to say we're done now, even if you're not technically the one getting or receiving, you're inflicting, but yeah. Yeah, because you know, it takes two to tango, sometimes mm-hmm. more. And everybody gets to be on the dance floor together. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> in uh, the name of partnership or, you know, when you include other people in bondage, how can you bring it up to a partner? Like, how do you start to talk about bondage with somebody that you've never done it with before or somebody who also hasn't done it? How do you bring it up as like a new subject? Okay, so there's not a universal approach. Part of it might be gauging how open the other person is to trying different things. I don't mean just sex. I mean, do they go for, do they always order the same thing on the menu? Or do they go to a place and go, I've never had that. I don't even know what it is. Y'all have it. Is going to be very different, right? So if somebody is adventure, highly adventure prone, it's probably going to be a little bit easier than somebody who is more um, stability, lean towards stability and predictability. Neither's wrong, but you just need to figure out how to make it safe for the other person. And I think it helps to keep it in mind that, as I said, this is childhood joyous play with adult privilege that we're just experimenting. So depending on how adventurous or how uh, not adve- less adventurous a person is, you adjust the approach. For somebody who's adventurous, it's probably going to be relatively easy. Like, okay, you're going to try something you've never had on a food menu. How about a sex menu? good (laughs) and if it's somebody that doesn't like a lot of sudden change uh that's where hold on to the hold on to the rope while we have our usual fun sex thing and just let's see how it changes Mm -hmm. there's also depending on the person of course everything depends uh asking about hey are there any like hot or naughty sexy things that you've ever wanted to try even little bit, mm-hmm. and then sharing sharing one's own. But here's a caution. If let's say that I'm the person that's been fantasizing about, oh my God, I totally want to do this, this bondage thing, and I've never mentioned it to my partner, but my partner just said, oh, you know, what do you want, honey? And then I start listing 15, 20, 25 things that I've wanted to do. And since you asked me, that must be a yes. Not a good idea. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
the other person will go, whoa, okay. And it wouldn't be surprising if the other person suddenly felt either overwhelmed, threatened, or inadequate. Yeah, mm, that makes sense. How many of a list should you, is like digestible? Like three? <laughs> um, I'm going to recommend what I call the sandwich method. Mm-hmm. Okay. So think of your regular good sex as really good bread because good sandwich needs good bread, right? Okay. So your regular good sex is bread. Okay. And if you're going to first start cooking or making sandwiches, would you put like 15 ingredients in your first attempt at making a sandwich? No, we're going to start with a cheese sandwich and think of the first bread as the beginning. The new thing is the cheese and you end with the thing you're familiar with. So let's say that our one of let's say one of our regular sexual patterns is let's see making out, making out, little playing with nipples, little hands on genitals, little mouth on genitals, uh, fucking one or more orgasms, and then kissing and maybe end with chocolate. That sounds good. Chocolate sounds good. Okay. Sure does. Let's say that's our typical uh, juicy sex, right? So then now if I put in suddenly 15 different things, I want a little restraint stain, I want hood, I want blindfold, I want to have a little spanking, I want to have a little uh, nipple clamps, I want this, that, and the thing I read in that book that I don't even know how to pronounce. Uh, (laughs) The partner's like, oh my God. And now we're setting ourselves up for failure, disappointment, and frustration. But instead, like, okay, how about one thing? Blindfold, because that's still a form of bondage. So there's making out, nipple, nipple play. The blindfold goes on, hands on genital, fucking, and maybe an orgasm or two, maybe not. Uh, blindfold comes off, kissy, kissy, energy down, and chocolate. <laughs> now let's say the blindfold was a yes. We keep that repertoire. And we can add it in future uh, rendezvous. Now, let's say the blindfold was a no, I didn't like that. Uh, At least we're finishing it off with something we know we like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now we know that's a no. Mm -hmm. Next time you can add something else to your cheese sandwich. (laughs) I love the sandwich method. I think working your way up or doesn't have to be up, but just around and starting and ending with things that are familiar. It's like, okay, wait, I want to go back to our chocolate moment. I want to go back to it, just our kissing moment. And it's still a way to keep momentum, which I think I fear if I want to change up something, I feel like I'm ruining the momentum or I'm going to ruin the moment. So it's nice to know that I can like go to our regular and we'll still be keeping the momentum. We just didn't like adding lettuce there or I didn't. So let's go back to just the regular cheese and it'll be so fun. And we're still going to have chocolate at the end. (laughs) And maybe anchovies was a little too much. (laughs) A little too stinky this time. (laughs) 
we've talked a little bit about, because you mentioned solo partnered and multiple partnered type of bondage and restraint play. So can we dive into all the different types of bondage and what is out there for people who are interested? Oh my God, I couldn't possibly list all the different <laughs> types. Oh my God. That's like list every dessert that was ever, ever created. created. <laughs> yeah. What about your favorites? Uh, yeah, there okay. we go. So lots of different things that can be done. Um, there's like the pervertibles I already talked about. Uh, there's good old fashioned tie me to the bed and fuck me sex bondage. That's awesome. Um, I also rec, uh, and you can take it out of the bed, right? Um, for so something like predicament bondage is when you have two contrasting desires. Predicament bondage might be uh, if, if, oh, actually the, the example of hold this rope until you can't and then everything stops, that's a form of psychological predicament. So that's that's another form of that. There's also physical predicament as well. So um, so let's say imagine a uh, hmm, okay. So visualize this picture. We got two people uh, and maybe a hot doggy style sex. Except the person on top, the doggy style person, has. Uh, grown their own balls and penis so they got Audi dangly bits mm -hmm. and remember that cat collar <laughs> yes cock ring, <laughs> right cat around the base of the the cock and balls and then that's attached to say like the baseboard of the tied to the baseboard of the bed with the string <sighs> now I'm the one getting I'm the top except I'm getting fucked but I designed the predicament because now said person with the dangly bits going to have to struggle just a bit to get that depth oh. of penetration. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> I need more examples of physical. <laughs> that was bananas. I love it. Yeah. So now in this situation, you've got somebody who's the fucker that's actually bottoming in the scene. The fuck E is actually topping in the scene. Also changing stereotypes on that. Mm -hmm. So that'd be one example of a predicament bondage. Then there's leather restraints, like wrist restraints and ankle and hip restraint. Then there's like full body leather bags. It's like sleep sacks. And sleep sacks in any material. Uh, yeah, you've heard of those, like, what are they called? Thunder vest for, for, dogs. for dogs that yeah. create, like, calming sensation. Some people can feel really calmed when contained in, like, swaddling. Mm. So there's that. Then there's uh, uh, rope bondage, cowboy style, rope bondage, Japanese style. That would be called shibari, but that's, like, underneath a general category of rope bondage. Oh, then there's metal restraints. I know we talked about regular handcuffs, not a good place to start, but there are plenty of people who are also uh, fetishistically love metal restraint because the texture or the temperature. Uh, let's see, what else? You know, the human imagination no knows, knows no bounds. 
uh, in terms of bounds. I know there's a pun in there somewhere. (laughs) Um, But there's a lot that can be, oh, and you can even get like part of pervertibles. Um, This is silly and fun. Take like an extra super triple X large pantyhose and slide it over somebody's both legs and body and arms. And now you've got this tube of a person. Like a worm. <laughs> yeah. You can even make a cheap straight jacket by putting that tights or or uh, uh, pantyhose. Like you put it on like kind of like a shrug, like sleeves, and then hug yourself and tie the ends of the, the pantyhose or tights behind you. And now we have a straight jacket. Wow. On the cheap, too. <laughs> what I like about the full body part is that you can make it extra dirty by like ripping holes in the areas that you want to access, which I think is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds fun. Um, so there's lots wow. of different things. Yeah. Yes. I'll say I love the physical predicament. That is cool. <laughs> How do we start? Oh, and I've even seen like really um, somebody who, who was very artistically oriented. You know, you know, those like the nail art, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And nail art. And some of them have little tiny rings on the end, like little piercing rings. But those could be actually locked together. Whoa. There's so many levels to which you can be restrained. (laughs) Crazy. How do we practice? Like, is this something we're trying on our own, if possible, outside of a sexual situation? Or is this something we can try, like, right in the moment? What do you recommend? Yes and yes. Okay. Uh, I would, if starting in a sexual moment, maybe want to talk about it in advance because it'd be really uncool if, like, you know, if my sweetie and I uh, were fucking and we hadn't talked about it, and suddenly, like, she, like, restrains my wrist, I'd be like, "Oh my god, what the hell!" Mm-hmm. So that would not yeah. be cool. So you want to at least talk about it and say, okay, you know, let's try that sandwich method tonight with just one scarf bondage. So at least talk about it. But it could also be like, hey, you know, I kind of want to mess around later. Maybe, you know, try this little like uh, plastic wrap bondage that she was talking about. But I kind of feel like an idiot if I don't know what I'm doing. So while we're watching yet another rerun of something, um, Star Trek, because that's how my brain works. Uh, I want to play around with the uh, plastic wrap and see if I can restrain or use uh, rope tying because I feel kind of awkward with it. So while we're watching something on Netflix, I want to practice tying your wrists together. That also works too. What a casual, fun way to like practice while having fun and being a little distracted so that no one's really paying attention if you feel like you messed up a little bit or whatever. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Could do that with almost anything. Watch TV while I practice going down on you. <laughs> that way you're entertained if I do it wrong. <laughs> oh, now that would be a challenge, right? It's like we got a season finale. 
and I'm going to see if I can distract you from watching the season finale. That is so fun. <laughs> we have a challenge. We have a challenge. Oh my gosh. I like, those are just so many fun different ways that you can explore. If you want to explore rope tying in Shib Shibiri, Shibari. Uh, Shibari, yeah. It just, the word Shibari just means tie. So in mm -hmm. Japanese, it's just a word that means tie. Okay. How do we mm -hmm. practice? Like, what are some beginner rope ties that we can do that are beyond just like a square knot? Okay. So it's not so much the knots. You really only need to know a few basic knots, but it's how to tie the body parts. So I would recommend learning what's called a single column tie. That's like around one wrist, right? Single column tie can also be around my hip. Makes for a nice fuck handle, right? Like hold on, <laughs> right? like a rodeo. A uh, two column tie is like wrists tied together or knees tied together. Uh, and two column tie and then another one might be a simple torso tie or a body harness. If you know these things, there's infinite combinations. With the various column ties, a one or two column tie, you want to make sure it's not so tight as to what one loses circulation or it causes rope burn or creates uh, nerve circulation or skin damage. So being able to slide a finger in is good. Oh, and speaking of buying equipment, if you're learning to play with rope bondage, whatever style it is, whether it's good old-fashioned cowboy, damsel in distress, or Japanese style, you don't need to buy and start with like super expensive exotic material. Cotton is great, okay? Especially if we're just experimenting with fun sex bondage, it's easy to wash, especially with, you know, good sex gets messy, sweat, <laughs> drool, lube, cum, sweat. So you can wash it easily. It's also cheap because I don't want people going, oh, my God, this is so expensive. I can't ruin it. And then, right. then you get stressed out about that and not have fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Make sure you got a pair of safety scissors, you know, like the medical scissors, because I'd rather you cut cheap rope off rather than then lose trust or lose uh, um, end up with injuries or emotional negativity as I like to say you know it's rope is cheap your sex life might be cheap but trust <laughs> is golden yeah that's perfect yeah. so accessible and um I like that there's different ways to tie up different parts of your body. That's a fun way to play around with yeah. ties um, as you're just getting started. Are there any there's, parts of, oh, go ahead. Oh, um, in, instruction material. There's a lot of places where you can learn things, but if it starts to feel like, especially with rope bondage, that what's being taught feels really intimidating or complex, then that's, that's not the right instruction. It's, there's nothing wrong with you. It's that the instruction 
isn't effective. So if it seems like, oh my God, this macrame and the knots and all the things, it's so confusing. It's not you. It's just bad instruction. Go for simple because the goal is to have fun. I would highly recommend the free videos that Twisted Monk has, twistedmonk.com. Totally free, easy, totally accessible, uncomplicated, really good stuff. If you want to get a little more into like the Japanese bondage side, I wrote a book many years ago, Seductive Art of Japanese Bondage. But really, the there's you can do that, or you can also do the free videos on Twisted Monk. That's all good. <laughs> Are there any parts of the body that you recommend beginners kind of stay away from when it comes to rope play? Sure. Um, hmm. Too tight anywhere, not a good idea, but maybe not mess around with the neck and not rope in mouth initially because it's really rough on the edges of the mouth. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe avoid the neck for now. Like the back of the neck can a little bit of rope, especially if there's a little bit of towel on the back and a little rope and then connected to like your thigh creates a nice little uh, pocket sling or a sit harness, but the pressure's on the back, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe not mess around with the neck. And also a lot of folks have, more than a few folks have emotional discomfort around things around the neck. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That's a fair disclaimer. I definitely agree. (laughs) Are there any more dominance games that you can get into um, with either rope or just any type of restraint? Because you've named so many that have been so fun. (laughs) It's it's actually a little more on the psychological side of things. Love it. Uh, Because I do a women's dominance intensive weekend, I'm often asked about, well, I I don't feel dominant. I don't know how to even get started. How am I going to be? I I don't feel like being a bitch. And this is true for people learning to top in any gender, right? It's, I'm a nice person. Why do I have to act like a bitch? You don't. Here's an easy, easy shifting the context from vanilla to kink by shifting the phrasing. So it's my will you to you will game. It goes like this. Oh, you know, will you go down on me? You, Instead of that, you will go down on me. Mm-hmm. That's such a fun switch. Yeah. Can I go down on you? Because goes to I will go down on you. And this is still technically vanilla sex activities, but now it's contextualized in, quote unquote, an order except these are all things we already like doing. I, I, I would suggest picking from that which you already enjoy doing. Like, ooh, honey, lick my nipples becomes, honey, you will lick my nipples. Mm-hmm. So learning to play with command instead of request. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. even that is already hard for me. I was already thinking of loopholes of how not to command. So <laughs> just thinking in that sense could be fun and challenging and like it is it's psychological but it's also not too far out of the comfort zone of what you're already doing it's approachable it's, yeah yeah 
and it's psychological and approachable for all parties. I may be the person trying to learn to, you know, look, I'm a middle-aged Asian lady. I've been you know, raised to be nice. Ask, be fair, think of the other person's pleasure, and to switch from would you to you will is a big leap, right? And on the side of the other person who may be like, oh, I I want to submit, I want to have somebody boss me around in a sexy way, but am I, be, am I being a bad feminist? <laughs> but if I, you know, or am I being a bad boyfriend or am I whatever? Mm-hmm. If we're playing the game from will you to you will, I'm like, well, you ordered me to do this thing I always already love doing anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, who am I to deny you, my <laughs> beloved dominant? My beloved dominant. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like Cass was saying, it's so approachable um, to start out. And I think that's really, really fun. Is there anything we didn't cover in terms of dominance, restraint, bondage, rope, any of that that you want to make sure we hit on before we close out the interview? Oh, my goodness. There's so much a lifetime of exploration. (laughs) Uh, Here's here's a nice little thing to think about, though. Uh, Ask your partner, ask yourself first, but also ask your partner. And this can be with somebody who you've been with for a long time as well. Hey, honey, when it's good for you, what will I see and hear? When it's not good for you, what will I see and hear? If we're trying this new thing that we've never done before and say bondage sex, what do you think you will look and sound like when it's good for you? And what do you think you'll, what do you think I'll see and hear when it's not good for you? I like that. That's a really good question to ask that I don't think I've ever asked. (laughs) Yeah, that's incredible. We look really weird sometimes when we're having a good time. I mean, an orgasm looks like we're having a seizure. That's all over the place. Yep. (laughs) I don't know if you've had this experience, but like right on the edge of like coming and like, the face is all screwed up and maybe I'm making sounds like I'm having, a, I'm, I'm in pain and having a leg cramp and my leg is like twitching weird. And the partner goes, Oh my God, I'm sorry. Are you okay? And I'm like, keep going. Oh, I, was, I, was, I was so close. You will keep going. You will keep going. There you go, Cass. <laughs> yeah. Way oh, to go. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Great tip. Also it, prompts us to look at ourselves and answer because I think it's hard, or at least I've been with partners who don't usually have answers to questions I ask like that, but then it gives us space to think and come back because it's very helpful and necessary to having good, healthy sex. Where can our listeners continue connecting with you, learning from you after this episode? Oh, I have an amazing Patreon where I have office hours every other week. So it's patreon.com forward slash Planet Midori. And funny thing, my website's also Planet Midori. Planet Midori. I can't say my name, apparently. (laughs) My website is also Planet Midori. And on social media, I'm Planet Midori. Searchable. Perfect. 
We love makes that. Makes it easy. <laughs> Let's what now? <laughs> I knew you were going to make me repeat myself. <laughs> I said, okie pokey, let's turkey dance this out. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and Dee calls people turkeys all the time, and I think that's so funny. Come here, you turkey. <laughs> I love it. So endearing. So endearing. Um, thank you. I can picture you saying that to your dog all the time. I... So my grandpa used to do this to me all the time. He would call me the funniest nicknames. Like, I think he called me roller skate half the time. Like, it was just silly. So funny. And now I do that to my dog. He is like chicken pock or a biscuit or he's just anything I can think of in the moment. You do that in life, though. I notice that you do that. You do that in texts often. You always find a different way to like greet, to call something another thing, to call someone another thing. You are quite creative. And I love that you have a lineage of that. My light just died. I do see that. Um, just get a little closer That's okay. to the camera. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to move closer. It's the outro. There's like six people yeah, here anyway. I'm not even here. So thank you, Midori, for actually being here on the podcast today. It was such an honor to talk to you. And thank you to our listeners, those of you left, who hung out with us today. Yeah. Uh, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me. You can leave us a written review. Um, I don't know if you want to leave a little rope. Is that a thing? <laughs> I think there is. There's like a lasso, I think. Oh, yeah. A lasso's cute. Whatever. And you said you wish you had a lasso. So. Way to wrap it back around, literally. And you can also rate us on Spotify and you can watch us on YouTube. And yeah. <laughs> you look like all. a little gamer <laughs> <laughs> in this pitch black room with just the glow of your screen. It is what it, it is. It is what it is. <laughs> I didn't charge my life. <laughs> all right. And that's on That's me. on you. We'll work on it for next week. So with yeah. that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.